The world as we know it is a very divisive and apparently not very peaceful at all. We have certain situations that are happening at this time of recording here in 2019 with the British oil tanker lying captive in the Iranian waters. We have allegedly government colluding with the underworld in Hong Kong to suppress pro-democracy protesters. We have a president who apparently is being openly racist. And we have a situation here in UK where the new Prime Minister is very much determined to rip us away from a union that we have benefited from for decades. Whether that's going to be a good thing or not, we have to wait and see. And we have other situations around the world where there are different kinds of conflicts going on. We don't always hear about it in mainstream news. But, you know, it doesn't seem to be a lot of peace around. Even though, in a sense, there is relative peace because there's no really massive wars going on at the moment. But is, does that mean really that true peace is way beyond our grasp? And that's what I want to kind of look at in this episode. Hi, I'm Jerry Sadler and welcome to the Punk Living Journal, the podcast that's raising awareness about living in more peaceful, unified, nurturing and cooperative way to ensure that mankind will be around the transition into a new era. So, if you look back throughout mankind's history or humankind's history, all the way back to the first civilization that we know of, and Sumerians, Mesopotamia and so on are supposed to be in the first massive civilization. There may well have been others before them. However, we don't have any kind of uh, a real record of that at the moment. But there is speculation that there's other older civilizations that were around and have been wiped out through one catastrophe or another. The Sumerians uh, we know about because of uh, the cuneiform tablets that we found. The cuneiform writing, the kind of writing, has given us a list of kings and so on, and uh, other bits and pieces of news. And in fact, I was watching a documentary today that was talking about the existence of the Tower of Babel, which is recorded in the book of Genesis, I think Genesis chapter 11, something like that, where uh, that was considered to be the first time that the whole of humankind or the people around at that time were unified on one project and apparently the almighty didn't like that and confused all the languages because everyone spoke the same language at that time confused all the languages tower didn't get built built and the people were scattered all over the world whether that's true or not i don't know maybe it's just a symbolic thing a metaphorical story to represent or to try and explain how we all got our different languages. But that same documentary also talked about how 
the Mesopotamians quite possibly were the ones that kicked off the pharaonic period in Egypt. Because up until then, the Egyptians had a civilization, towns and villages and so on. They had their chieftains and so on, but no pharaohs. And there is a thought that the pharaohs were actually from a foreign land or foreign lands. So that could tie in, you know, as, as this documentary explained, that could tie in with the Mesopotamians all moving or migrating to Egypt, especially the Nile Delta, because that was a much more fertile place than where they lived in the uh, desert-like or mud-like conditions in Mesopotamia, apparently, and then set themselves up as the rulers of Egypt, and they were accepted, and because they were more advanced technology-wise and so on, that's how the, the god myth and so on started with the pharaohs. And it, was, it, it does seem to be a lot of evidence pointing to that. And we know that the Egyptians, that lasted for a good few thousand years as well. So, even further back, you know, there you have examples of, you could say, uh, powers coming in and taking over, invading whatever, taking over other peoples to rule over them. And, for the most part, being benign. And providing then a protection against outside forces. But even when we were hunters and gatherers and just maybe collecting together in little towns and villages and being nomadic and so on, we apparently built fortifications to protect ourselves, to protect our cattle, to protect our people, to protect our goods against others who wanted to take them, who wanted to steal them and so on. So it would appear that this this idea of defence, of warring, of uh, protecting ourselves would, would seem to be a natural part of it. It's ingrained. Just like in nature you get birds that protect their territories from other birds. You'll get other animals protecting their, their, uh, their little ones, their babies, their children, whatever you want to call it, you know, and their, their own territories and so on, and they'll all gang up and... Uh, chase off any predators and so on. But we seem to be the ones that go further than that and we actually kill people and kill each other and so on. And that's progressed over the years, you know, throughout the thousands of years since then. We've gone and invented many weapons which we can use in a more effective way to kill people, uh, to kill each other, whether it's clubs and swords and spears and arrows and all the way up to today where you've got guns and bombs and now we've got drones. So we seem to be hell-bent, as they say, to just continue defending and fighting and creating division. You know, because we want to take what other people have got because they've got a better life than us. So we're going to take what they've got so we can have their life, their way of living, their goods, you know, their peoples even, to use as slaves or whatever. Will that ever change? You know, that's, you know this podcast, I, I created this podcast to, to, to promote a way you know, that we could change by being more peaceful, 
peacefully minded so that we can live together in peace by being unified with each other and in a nurturing, empathetic way, treating each other more kindly, being cooperative, working together, being united for a common cause. A bit like the Tower of Babel in that sense, where the common cause in this sense wouldn't be to build a tower, you know, to, to reach up to the heavens or whatever it would be, actually to live together in a world where we would be unified and cooperative and be able to, if you want to protect ourselves from other outside forces, from other planets maybe, but would that not just be perpetuating it even further? I don't know. I mean, if you look at all these different religions around the world, the vast majority of them, if not all, have this idea that when we die, we go elsewhere. You know, whether we go to a heaven or a hell or Valhalla or, you know, where, wherever it happens to be. It seems like good people go to one place and not so good people go to another. And I, I believe that once, once we die, we become returned to what we were. So in that sense, that's what they're saying. We return to what we were before. Uh, uh, we, return, we return to the energy, the basic energy form that we cons are consistent of. Because in this body that we are, this is just a lower frequency or lower vibrational manifestation of us. The part that's actually us, our minds and so on, is still pure energy and therefore invisible. But when this body has ceased to function, it'll return in time to that uh, energetic form. It'll, it'll, you know, as it decomposes or whatever, it'll become energy again and, and be repurposed, reused somewhere else in some other way but the essential part of it the part that's us that'll perhaps return to the source of all things it'll become part of that energetic pool if you like we could be part of you know uh, an energetic an energy community we could you know be be the energy beings that we were before and perhaps we'll choose another point in history to live you know, perhaps here on this planet or another planet or whatever. So as I said before in, in, in uh, another episode, that could be where the, the idea of reincarnation comes from. Because we, when we uh, pass on from this world, we return to being energy beings and then we choose to come back. Perhaps in the same timeline or the, the same generation or the same uh, part of the, the bloodline, if you like. Or we could choose to return in another form, if, if we so desire pure speculation I know but it, you, know, you don't know it could well be something along those lines there's another line of thought that uh, what would happen is that this world at some point will be completely destroyed and we will actually all move elsewhere either to other planets or to a heavenly place or if you and all those who, who were not good, would be left here to, to die, to be destroyed, along with this planet. And that is what, how some people kind of interpret what's happened, or what the book of Revelation is about. Others say that what the, the book of Revelation says, yes, there's going to be some cataclysmic situation that's going to decimate you know, the, the human race, 
but there will be survivors. And those survivors will rebuild the earth, but in a more peaceful way, unified way. There will be nurturing. They will be cooperative with each other. So, in a sense, yeah, that, that is the ultimate in punk living, as I would call it. Yeah, and that heaven, if you like, will be here on earth in, in that sense. And I'd like to think that's what's going to happen. I'd like to think that's the kind of world that we could look forward to. Where in this world, you know, this new world, our thoughts, our focus would be more on improving ourselves consciously and not physically. We'd still have all the access to all the technologies, the knowledge and so on that we have today or up until that period of time when everything goes belly up. Yeah, and we will be able to create you know, a much better world for ourselves. I mean, we could even have cloning you know, off to a T and that could be what in the book of Revelation it talks about people being resurrected. That could be actually cloning, you know, loved ones coming back you know, and being taught a new way of living, a whole new like teaching program. And we're working more on our conscious and subconscious minds, working on how to live in this new way of living with, with peace and so on, with joy and love and enjoying the fruits of our labour and so on. And yes, that could be, that's not hippy-dippy talk, I mean, it's not being Pollyanna-ish either. Hey, that, that is pure speculation. We don't know how it's going to work out. But wouldn't that be a wonderful, wonderful world to live in? Who's to say it won't happen? You know, we don't know. I mean, I personally don't feel that we will be completely destroyed or this planet be completely destroyed. You know, if is with the upcoming, with, we are facing a cataclysmic end, so to speak, with the end of this uh, era, with the climate change situation and so on. I don't think that's going to be the end of us all. It might decimate the planet of life in many ways, but it'll it'll bounce back as it has done before, at least five times before. It'll bounce back and grow again and be powerful again and I would say we'd still be at the top of the food chain you know but we'd have learned our lessons that's the essential part we'll have learned our lesson and there will be no wars there will be no greed and power hungry people wanting to abuse and exploit others there will be no one out to make profit because we probably probably wouldn't even use money and money is a, a, a human invention those pound notes or those dollar notes you know or currency you have in your pocket all they are are IOUs from a bank a banking system which as we all know is well well and nigh near to collapse anyway yeah so it's we'll probably not have a financial system in that in that sense the economy will be strong because perhaps we'll go back to bartering i don't know perhaps we'll only use what we need for ourselves and perhaps we will do a bartering system where we'll exchange goods and services for other goods and services just like they used to do centuries ago millennia ago but perhaps in a more modified way i don't know there may well be 
a cooperative kind of situation where if you go into shops and get anything you want, you'll have credits instead of money. You know, and everybody will have more than enough credits. You know, and you are adding to the pool. So if you're a farmer, you'd be adding food or uh, you know, other goods, dairy produce or whatever to a pool. If you are a manufacturer of some kind, you know, uh, a furniture maker, you'd be adding you know, the goods that you make to a central pool that people could go into you know, and take just take what want whatever they need and you'll be able to do the same you know for, for yourself that for me would be, be a much better way of living a better society you know I prefer that kind of view than the more negative destructive views that many appear to have I just want a world where people live together in peace and harmony. Is that really too much to ask? What do you think? Do you think we'll ever have a time when, where we will be united with each other, where we will you know, live together in peace and harmony? What's your belief? What do you think? Send me an email at jerry at punkliving.com J-E-R-R-Y at P-U-N-C-L-I-V-I-N-G dot com Love to hear from you and let's have a discussion about this. That's it for this time. It's been great talking with you again and I look forward to speaking with you again soon.